Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to Psalms chapter 103. I believe when it comes to the area of healing, and I love the word of knowledge because, you know, it's obviously God's doing that or he wouldn't have said it. And a lot of times, you know, when it comes to the word of knowledge, you know, hopefully, you know, you haven't said anything to somebody. And in a local church, sometimes in a setting like ours, it's a little harder to, um, uh, for people to receive the word of knowledge because they think, well, you know, somebody told the pastor this is what was going on in my life. And that's usually not necessarily the case. That's called familiarity. And that's what we have to be careful about when it comes to the Spirit of God moving in the house, especially through your pastors that you're not familiar, where it comes in and says, yeah, but he knew this already, or he knew something already, or someone told him something. And that's so much probably not the truth. There's not times that I don't know, but most of the time, if I know in the natural realm, I go, I knew this in the natural realm, okay? But most of everything that God put in my heart this morning was directly by his spirit through the word of knowledge. He told me that this is what he was doing. And so if he's doing that, or if he's saying that, then you have something even greater to stand upon, and that is a word from God. A word from God. He wouldn't give you this word of knowledge, hey, I'm healing arthritis, and then not heal you. Amen? And so it's so important to know that God wants you healed. God wants you healed. And so it says here in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who who forgive uh, or forget not all his benefits and who forgives you of all your iniquities. One of the greatest challenges for most people in receiving their healing is feeling the worth that they're not worthy enough or they did something that, to bring this sickness on their lives or, or they're not good enough to receive from God. And this is why in Psalms here it says, forget now all his benefits. I love that little one letter behind that S that always blesses me because he doesn't just want to bless you once. He wants you to live a life of blessings. He wants to pour his out on you daily his benefits. The Bible says he gives us daily benefits, and, and I believe that with my whole heart, you know, but he wants you to receive this, and he wants you to understand that part of the atonement, part of salvation, part of the package, if we could say it this way, of salvation is healing. You know, it's so easy for many of us to, to, to believe John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever shall call, Romans 10, 13, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Man, we, we want to receive that. We want to receive our forgiveness because, you know, we don't want to go to hell. But the truth is God doesn't want you to live in sickness either while you're on this earth. Right. You know, that's part of the package, part of the word. One of the meanings of the word salvation means healing. It means peace. It means comfort. And so part of the package that God wants you to have is healing. Not that you have to work for it, but he has provided it for you. After all, when you break it down and you look at the scriptures and we look at the very beginning, God created man in his own image and likeness. Well, is God sick? Well, then why do you have to be sick if you're creating his image and his likeness? You don't have to be sick. God doesn't want you to be sick. 
And you know, the other side of the coin is this, and that is don't get under condemnation if you're overcoming sickness or disease. Don't get in condemnation. This is why I brought it up. If you're, you're taking some type of medicine to overcome your sickness or your disease, don't let any of those things condemn you. Just receive your healing. Amen. You know, there are times, you know, when I've gotten a headache and I just spoke to the thing and it left, and there are other times I just take an aspirin and forget about it. What difference does it make, you know, if God uses medicine you know, the, the, the thing that we have to understand is that God wants you healed. There's no condemnation on how you receive your healing. If you've, re, if, you've, if you've had a surgery to receive your healing, then praise God for it, you know. I don't know why, you know, sometimes I pray for somebody who doesn't want surgery, but they end up having surgery. I don't know why they didn't get healed. But then on the other hand, I don't know why people get healed who need surgery. I don't know the other side of it either. You know, I just know that God heals people, and that's his plan for you to get healed. And you know what? Get, get it whatever way you have to get it, whatever necessary means you have to get it. Don't be ashamed, regardless of what happened or why the sickness is in your body. You know, God's forgiven you. You are the righteousness of God. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, He made him who knew no sin to become sin, so that you may become the righteousness of God. That's God's plan for your life. And that's not 2 Corinthians 10, 4. That's another scripture. But anyway, uh, but, but that's what the Word of God says. He made you. He put you in right standing. Why did he put you in right standing? So that you know that you have this right to receive what he has for you. You know, and a lot of times iniquities or, or sin or trespasses or transgressions in our lives that we've committed makes us feel like we're not good enough. Well, we're not good enough to get saved, so how come we can receive the plan of salvation? He did it all. Well, he did it all when it came to healing. God wants you healed. That's just the bottom line. He loves you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work hard enough for it. You don't have to pray enough for it. You just need to learn how to receive what God's done for you. And I think about the gentleman who brought, the man who brought his son to the disciples, and they couldn't, bring, they couldn't heal him, and so they brought him to Jesus, and he fell down, and he began to foam at the mouth, he began to wallow, and Jesus said, how long has he been doing this? You know, I mean, you know, all the other incidents where we see Jesus heal, he just heals, but Jesus stops and has a conversation with this father. You know, and he said, well, if you can do anything for him, I, I, I wish you would. He said, well, if you'll believe, I can do. He says, I believe, but help my unbelief. What's that all about? Well, you know, if you, you don't have enough faith, God can't heal you. Well, baloney. That's not right. That's, con that's condescending. That's about you. You know, besides that, Jesus said, if you had the faith of seed of a mustard grain, and the way I understand the Word of God, if you're born again, you've got the faith of God anyway. You know, you may not know how to operate in it. You may need to learn, get more revelation like I talked, uh, shared about on how this is how much God loves you. This is God's plan for your life. But, you know, let's not put people down and tell them they don't have enough faith. This is why they're not receiving what God has for them. You do have enough faith. You've been given the faith of God. And so this is one of the things that we have to begin to work in our own souls and our own minds that, that you know, God made us, you know, he, he, he forgave us, and, and he sees us, you know, in his eyes that we're good enough to receive healing from him. You know, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating go out and, 
you know, you know, eat five, you know, uh, large sandwiches a day, you know, and build your cholesterol up and then believe God for you to, you know, uh, not have any cholesterol problems. I'm not advocating that. I know there's a balance to all this. But also, on the other hand, we also need to know that we don't have to earn our healing as part of the package. And this is why I really believe here in Psalms 103 when it says, He forgives you of all your iniquities. He's trying to get you to understand that, you know what, it's not about the things, the wrong things that you've done to get you, that has hindered you from receiving your healing. It's about the fact that God has put you in right standing. And if you are the righteousness of God, if you are in right standing with God, you know, the Word of God tells us that if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature, that old things have passed away and all things become new again. The Word of God goes on and tells us the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and will quicken your mortal body. And this is God's plan for your life. The Word of God tells us you're the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. You know, but just as Jesus had to cleanse the temple, you have to cleanse your own temple. Well, how do I do that? What you do is you speak to it. And you say, there'll be no sickness in my body. There'll be no disease in my body. There'll be no arthritis in my body in the name of Jesus. There'll be no virus in my body because God's given you all power over the power of the enemy and by no means shall anything harm you. And one of the things that the enemy tries to use on you is the fact that you're not good enough to receive your healing. Well, you know, join the crowd. None of us are. It's called the mercy of God. God wants you healed. And when we just break down the perfect prayer that we can pray in our own understanding, and that's the Lord's prayer, what does it say? You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants you to experience heaven on earth. Amen. He wants you to be healed. He wants you whole. He wants you complete. He doesn't want some of these things that, you know, medical science is going to happen when you get older. Well, if I get older, my Bible says that he renews my youth like an eagle. Yeah. You know, with long life will I satisfy thee. This is God's plan for your life. I know that Paul said, though, you know, my spirit's renewed day by day, this outward man perish. I understand that. I understand that we get old. But you know what? We don't have to be crepid. Come on, somebody. God wants us healed and whole. You know, I'm believing God that whenever it's my time to check out, you know, and Vicki said it won't be on her watch because she'll raise me from the dead. I believe that. Don't even need trying to check out before my time. But anyway, when it's my time, I'll be just as strong as I am right now. I'm Amen. believing that. I'm believing for that. Amen. You know, because this is what the Word of God says. And this is what God wants for our lives. But on the, on, on, on the other side of the coin, remember this. And what I mean by the other side of the coin is this. You know, let, let's think about this too. And that is that you shouldn't feel condemned or any condensation, okay, don't let that also hinder you and make you feel like I'm just not good enough. I must be doing something wrong not to be receiving my healing because the man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. For some reason, we're not, get, we're not connecting here. I need a little help here. You know, and this is why we, you know, do what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, you know, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I'm very thankful for our online audience, but you know what? I can't lay hands on you through the camera. Someone says, well, there's no distance with God. That's true. 
And I know that the you know, centurion came to Jesus and said, hey, my servant lies home and, and he's, he's ill. And Jesus said, I'll come lay hands on him. That was the first thing Jesus wanted to do. He said, no, I'm a man of authority. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word. You'll get it. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word, and it'll be done. And Jesus marveled. He said, wow. He said, you're right. And so Jesus spoke the word, and he was healed that very hour. And the centurion went back, and his servant was healed. You know, that was that situation. But that's one of the things that we need to continue to do, speak the word. Hey, a word of knowledge that arthritis was healed, then I'm healed in Jesus' name. If that's what the word of knowledge is, then that's a word from the Lord. If it's a word from the Lord, I'm going to receive it. How do you receive a word from the Lord? You say, first of all, that's for me personally. I receive that. And secondly, you begin to declare, hey, this is what God said about me. But the iniquities come and says, well, who do you think you are? Well, I happen to be the righteousness of God. This is why I love, you know, Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapons formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is my favorite part of it, and their righteousness is of me, saith God. You know, when the enemy comes and tells me you're not in right standing, I say, take it up with God. He's the one who said it. Amen. You know, I just want to remind you, Mr. Satan, that God did kick you out of heaven. And not only did, did he do that, but he went down to hell and kicked you, you know, royalty, you know, and took away from you the uh, keys and, uh, uh, of death, hell, and the grave. And he made an open show of you while he was here on the earth. You know, the other words, God defeated Satan in every realm, in heaven, on earth, and in hell. You know, and you know what? Listen, the battle's not mine. The battle's God's. So I'll let you want to pick a fight, pick a fight with him. I am the righteousness of God. That's all, that's, that's all I need to say, because God said it, yeah. and that's why I love Isaiah 54. And, you know, when we say no weapons formed against us shall prosper, one of the greatest weapons that we have, in, or one of, the, one of the greatest weapons the enemy has is, is the, the, the thought of suggestion, the idea of giving you a suggestion that God can't heal you. Why? Why is that thing prospering? You know, what, 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 what door's been left open for the enemy to convince you that you can't be what God says you can be? Which means, you know, in other words, God wants you healed and God wants you whole. Am I helping somebody this morning? I haven't even gotten to my notes. Glory to God. All right, so he's forgiven you of all your iniquities and heals, little S there again, heals you of all your diseases, all your diseases, all of them, whatever disease is out there. I don't care if another, you know, whatever, you know, uh, p- pandemic comes or whatever. God has healed you of that. He has already provided for you to be completely healed. And that's one of the things that we need to get hold of, that God wants us healed. That's his plan for our lives. Again, let me say this one more time. Don't get under condemnation if you need healing. What we have to understand is that in Acts chapter uh, 10, 42, how Jesus was anointed of God, of the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Oh, uh, 38, thank you, Acts 10, 38. And, uh, you know, uh, oppressed means that it's out here and it's pressing in on you, but it's not in you. 
That's what you have to understand. So, you know, we understand that sickness and disease comes from the devil. He's the one who brought this into the world. When sin came into the world, he, he, he was given the opportunity to, to develop sickness and disease, and he brought this into the world. Okay, but just because you're sick doesn't mean you're possessed by the devil. All right? It's an oppression. It's out there. And if it's out there, then we have to resist. And what does the Word of God say? Resist, you know, um, uh, submit yourself unto God and resist the devil and he shall flee. And so the more we're submitted to God, the more we resist the enemy. And one of the ways we submit to God is by believing his Word. And his Word says you're healed. And the more you believe his word that you're healed, you are resisting the oppression of the sickness and the disease that the enemy has that's out in the world. But again, let me say it one more time. There's, there should be no condemnation if you're believing God for healing if you're not healed yet. And don't let anybody tell you it's because you got a devil in you. Amen. You know, every time you get a cold, it doesn't mean you got a devil. But do I believe that the devil's the author of colds? Absolutely. I mean, how many of you, whenever you've received, you've ever gotten a cold, you go, glory to God, I'm so thankful I got this cold. No. I mean, you know, whenever you've, you've had to deal with flu, whenever you have to deal with other things, you know that's of the devil. You know, God would never put anything like that on you. God would never even create anything like that. It's a perversion of the things that are in the world, and the enemy has been given authority to pervert the things of the world. You say, how do you say that? Because the Bible says he's the God of this world. Yeah. Yep. You know, so know that he's given you all power over the power of the enemy. And so if Jesus healed all those who were oppressed of the, uh, 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 of the devil, that means that the sickness and disease comes from the devil. But it doesn't mean you have a devil. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm really wanting to emphasize this for a major reason in the message I want to give you today. But it doesn't mean you have a devil, okay? It just means that you're oppressed by the sickness that he has brought into this world. But Jesus gave us all power over the power of the enemy. That's in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, you know, after he sent his disciples out by 70, and they came back and said, even the demons are subject to your name. Wow, I mean, everywhere we went, people got healed. Was he any respecter of a person? So if he did that for the 70 disciples, not just the 12? You know, there are some theology, well, God just anointed certain people, just the 12. No, there were 70, say 70. There were 70 who went out, and they said this. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And he says, and behold, I give you all power over the power of the enemy, and by no means shall anything harm you. All right, so if, he, if the devil has authority or, or has oppressed or brought sickness into this world to oppress us with, then we have authority over that. That's what, I'm, what I really want you to share. You have authority over sickness and disease. God has equipped you to do that. And how do we take authority? The same way Jesus defeated the enemy when he was in the wilderness. He said, it is written. And that's why it's so important when it comes to all the promises of God, but in the area of healing, since we're talking about that, is begin to speak, it is written. It is written. He healed me of all my diseases. He sent his word. His word became flesh. And by his stripes, I am healed. He sent his word and he healed me. You know, healing is the children's bread. We shared that a couple of weeks ago, and I don't have time to really expound on it this morning, but healing is your children's bread. And we say, give us this day our daily healing. He, he, you know, he loads us daily with benefits. And so that's one of the benefits that God has for us. He wants us healed, and he wants us whole.
Go with me to Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and he healed them. And, and, there's more, delivered them from their destructions. What does that tell me? That tells me if somebody who has an ailment because of, of a certain habit or addiction that they had in their life, you know, and it's affected your body, God can heal you of that. Amen. Absolutely, 100% heal you of that. All right, let's go to Psalm, I mean, Isaiah 53, starting with verse 1. We're going to read through verse 8. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it as it were our own faces from him. He was despised and yet we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him strict and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We all were like sheep, have gone astray. We've all turned, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. What does it say in Psalms 103? He forgave us of all our iniquities. All right. For he was oppressed as he was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and judgment. Who And, and, and who will declare his, uh, his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of the people, he was stricken. So, all these things that he's done here, right here in Isaiah 53, 1 through 8. One of the things I want to share with you is that, first of all, it says he was rejected. You know, I don't know any greater wound that needs to be healing than the healing of rejection in the lives of people. That's miserable. You know, I, for the life of me, I still can't figure out why anybody would ever reject me. You know, I mean, God has, has put, you know, his identity on me in such a great degree that I believe everybody should like me. But not everybody likes me. I can't figure that out. You know, and when I figure out someone doesn't like me or they don't want to hang out with me anymore and they used to want to hang out with me, man, it just, I mean, it really hurts me. Okay, let's talk about the word hurt. The hurt means that you need healing, don't you? And we don't ever think about being healed of rejection, do we? But we need healing from rejection. You know, from the moment we were born, we were loved by our parents, but from the moment we were born, there was somebody else out there that wanted to reject us. And people have many, many reasons why they want to reject us. That's, that's their problems. But the biggest thing is that we have to understand that when we've been rejected, if we don't acknowledge that, that rejection can produce an anger or a root of bitterness in our own hearts where we can't receive from God. And this is one of the things that we need to understand. He was rejected for us. He born that rejection. Why? So you can be healed of that rejection. There's not one person on the face of the earth that's never experienced rejection. And it looks like to me that some people can handle it better than other people. I don't like rejection. 
But I had to come to the conclusion that rejection hurt me. You know, and I didn't even know I needed to be healed. So how can you receive something you don't know you need something, you know, to be healed of? But it wasn't until I really reviewed this, I realized that he borne my griefs and carried my sorrows. See, he was a man who was despised. Well, sometimes people despise you. You know, I'm a church man. I go to church, and there was a whole group of people, when they find out I'm a church man, would rather I not be there. You know? You know, it happens all the time. You know, well, you know, you're nice. We appreciate you. You know, uh, we're, we're thankful for what you, you're doing, but that's not our, you know, our lifestyle. And, 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 and you being around, you know, makes us feel uncomfortable. I've had people say that to me. You know, I'm uncomfortable around you. I said, why? Well, because I cuss. And I go, well, what do I have to do with it? I'm not here to judge you. You know? Yeah, but it makes me feel bad. Well, you know what? If I make you feel bad, well, have you thought about what God thinks about it? Me and her. My wife, when she first met me, she said, you know, you think everybody likes you. What's wrong with that? <laughs> you know? But not everybody likes me. And sometimes she would see me get, set myself up thinking, oh, this person really likes me. And she's looking at the body language and she says, Tom, they can't stand you. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't make yourself so vulnerable because she knows that rejection hurts me deeply. And so we need to be healed of the rejection. Well, if we're not healed of the rejection, if we don't take care of our emotions, then the enemy oppresses our emotions. And it's called mental health. You know, so many times we can accept somebody who has issues with physical health you know, we have an understanding of that, but we have a hard time with people who have mental health issues. Why is that? I don't know. And I'm on a, I, I, I really am on an assignment that I believe for, is from God, but I'm really trying to teach as many people as I can in the church that, you know what, if you have mental health issue, it's no different than physical health issue. God still wants you healed, but don't be ashamed of it. Amen. Don't be ashamed of it. It's okay not to be okay physically, and it's okay not to be okay mentally, but it's not okay to stay there because God wants you healed, okay? And it doesn't matter how you receive your healing because most mental health issues can be treated, and a majority of mental health issues is a result of a physical problem called a chemical imbalance. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And the truth is, one out of five people in America will experience some type of mental health issue this year. And then secondly, what we don't understand is that just like there are small little illnesses out there, like the flu and the cold that are temporary, probably everybody in this room, if they were really honest with themselves, would say, you know, I had a temporary mental health issue. I had a moment of depression. I had a moment of grief. Did you know grief is a form of mental health if you don't deal with it? What is grieving? Grieving is a process of getting over grief. What is healing? The healing is a process of being healed. You know, and let me just say this as loud as I know how to say it, but you know what? There is not a devil of grief. Okay? Yes, he'll oppress you with grief. You don't need to stay there. But you know what? If you're grieving because you've, you've gone through a loss, that's normal, but don't stay there. Amen. And there are stages of grief. 
that people go through. But don't be ashamed because you're dealing with grief or you're dealing with the hurt of rejection or you're dealing with a mental health issue. Nothing to be ashamed of because the same God who heals people of cancer heals people of mental health issues. And when I think about one out of five Americans, you know, will, will suffer some type of mental health issue this year, you know, that's a lot of people. One out of five people, that's probably 2025 in our congregation, this year will deal with some type of mental health issue. You know, some of them can be more severe than others. What difference does it make? The key is that Jesus wants you healed of that. And the enemy plays on people's mental health more than anything else. This is why Jesus said in in Luke chapter 4, he says, I'm anointed. And the very first thing he said, I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Think about that for just a moment. Why didn't he say, well, I'm anointed to heal people of cancer. I'm anointed to heal people of arthritis. I'm, I'm anointed to heal people of AIDS. But the first thing he said was the brokenhearted. Why? Because he knows if he can reach into the soul of a man, he can touch every aspect of a man. That's why it says, you know, he was rejected. That's why it says he was despised. You know, and then we see that by his stripes we are healed. And we use that in such a physical realm, but we often forget about the mental realm. And most of us aren't even aware of some of the mental challenges that we deal with on a regular basis, how we're affected by some of the things that we've been through in life. We've all been rejected. And then if we haven't been rejected, or if we have been rejected and we think we're over it, then something else, we see something. You know, I, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies, and, and we watch it almost every Christmas. We didn't watch it this year. Well, I watched bits and pieces of it, but we didn't watch it this year. It's A Wonderful Life. You know, and if you haven't seen it, you know, I, I, I can't help you. You know, it's probably one of the best movies ever made. And, it's, and they said that, uh, um, oh, help me, George Bailey, what's his, the, Jimmy Stewart. They said that movie changed his total life. You know, but if you haven't seen it, I can't help you. I encourage you to watch it. But basically, this guy had a plan for his life, and his life didn't turn out anyway, which he, he, wanted to be, he wanted to turn out. But yet, God used him to change a community. Amen. You know, and so many times, you know, when things don't go the way we think they ought to go, we're blinded to how God's really using us. And so there's some things that go on in that movie that really touches my heart. Because I was going a, a direction in my life, and God called me out of that direction, called me into the ministry. Actually, he called me in the ministry before I ever went into the direction of being an, an engineer. You know, and there are some days where, you know, I have to be real honest with you, but sometimes being an engineer sounds better than being a pastor. Once in a while. Once in a great while. Not with this congregation, though. I always like being a pastor. No, let's be real. There's, there, you know, there are times where you think, man, what would have happened if? You know, and then God, you know, God through Clarence, you know, shows Jimmy how much, you know, Jimmy, George, anyway, I'm getting my names confused there. Bottom line is that God revealed to him, George Bailey, how important he is and how many lives he really changed. You know, and at the end of the movie, I'm crying. And my wife hardly ever sees me cry. And when I cry, she cries. And we had dogs, they all cried. 
It's a wonderful life, you know? But because of rejection or things not going the way we think they ought to go, we're blinded to how God's really using us. And he wants us healed of that. He wants us healed of the rejection. He wants us healed of the grief. He wants us healed of some of the challenges that we have experienced in life. And so sometimes when we, we have some of these experiences in life, something will remind us, like It's a Wonderful Life reminds me of some of the things that I went through in my own life. But I don't need to stay there. God wants me to move on. God wants you to move on. And that's why it says he borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Let's just look at this for just a moment. Let's, I want to I share with you the, the definition of grief. Malady, anxiety, calamity, and it could also mean sickness or disease. The word brokenhearted, it means this, to break or break down or crush your inner being. And see, this is why it's so important that we take hold of the word of God and we begin to recite, we begin to rehearse, we begin to to declare what God says about us. And what does 3 John 2 say? Be loved. You know, the greatest thing God wants to do is just love you and pour himself in you. You know why? Because he wants to heal your inner being. What greater person to love you than God? I mean, he's the creator of the universe. You know, he discovered DNA long before man discovered DNA. He knows what you're made of. The Bible says he knows your frame. He knows exactly what you're made of. He knows what's on the inside of you. He designed you. You know, what greater person to fix you than the designer himself? He wants you whole. And he wants to pour himself in you in such a place that you, you, you have no recollection and no ill feeling of any rejection that you've ever experienced in life. That's how much he wants to pour himself in you and have you experience his acceptance for your life. So be loved. I wish you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So what's Sir John 2 saying there? He's saying, you know what? I'm interested in your soul. Jesus said, I came to, I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. You know, and we go, man, praise God. This is so wonderful. I'm so thankful. You know, God healed some people. We saw some legs grow out. We saw some shoulders and, and things loosen up. We saw some arthritis be dissolved. We saw somebody with digestive issues and acid reflux heal. Boy, that was a powerful service. Wonderful. And I'm so glad you're changed, but I'd like to see you change from the inside out more than the outside in. I'd like to see you leave this place having the confidence that you know that you know that you know that if God be for you, who can be against you? You know God's on your side. You know God's for you. You know God accepts you. And that's where the real beginning of healing comes from is driving out the rejection that man's put on us and receiving the acceptance that only God can give us. Unconditional acceptance. God has an unconditional acceptance for you. That's why the Bible says his mercy is new every morning. 
When you wake up, guess who's there waiting for you? Mercy. God's waiting for you. He's looking forward to seeing you. He doesn't want you to experience rejection. He doesn't want you to be despised. He doesn't want you to have a broken heart. He wants you to be whole and complete. And he knows it takes him to do that on the inside of you. And so that's part of the healing that God wants for all of us. Is the healing of being accepted by him. Not allowing the rejection of what's happened in our world. I know people who have a hard time relating to God the Father because they had a bad father in their life. Or they had a bad experience with their father. Or sometimes they had a bad experience with, with, uh, in a situation that causes them, makes it difficult for them to receive from God. And God's like, man, if I could just let you know how I really am so you could receive me. And that's what I tell my wife. I said, she said, look, Tom, they're not going to like you. They're never going to like you. Give it up. I said, if I could just show them how I really am, they'll like me. Oh, I'm wasting my time. Because some people are going to reject you no matter how nice you are. And usually it's because they've got a problem. We'll leave that one alone and move on. But nevertheless, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he wants to pour his spirit in you in such a great and mighty way that when you wake up in the morning or you walk out of this place, you know that you know that you know. It doesn't matter what, if everybody in the rest of the whole world rejects you, God's for you. Amen. And then did you know when you begin to have that perception, you begin to have that projection? Let me say that again. When you begin to have that perception, you begin to have that projection. When you begin to have that perception, then you begin to have that projection. And what are you projecting? You're projecting the goodness of God. You're projecting the love of God. You know, and the next time you're at the grocery store or somewhere and, you know, the, someone's, you know, uh, ringing you up and uh, not ringing you out, ringing you up anyway, but, you know, doing their cash exchange like that, you know, they see something on you. And that's why the Bible says, why don't you arise because when you do, you're going to shine. There's more of God in you than you realize. God's doing more in your life than you can acknowledge. But he wants you completely healed and whole so you can experience that and see that in your life. Now, I don't apologize, but I might as well just throw these notes away because <laughs> I hardly used any of them. But I am going to share this, and I'm going to pray one more time. In Luke chapter 4, he says, Set at liberty those who've been oppressed or bruised. This means the release from the, from the bondage, from the hurt. It means deliverance. It means those who have been internally hurt. And Isaiah 61 says this. 
I'll give you double honor for your shame. There's too many people in the body of Christ that are walking in shame. Too many people walking in shame. There's too many people walking in shame. And God says, uh-uh. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Amen. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Because I don't see you the way man sees you. I see you in a total different light. You're my child. You're the apple of my eye. You're mine. And I love you with an everlasting love. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, I tell you what I'm going to do for people who have com uh, compiled that shame upon you. I'm going to give you double honor. I'm going to see to it that you're going to get twice as much as what that shame's trying to steal from you. That's how much he wants you healed. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.